You're listening to Party Nerds Weekly. Let's go. Party Nerds in the house. Woo! Okay, guys. Uh, now, now that we're over the whole uh, WandaVision uh, series, which was great. Now For yourself. It, it was Thank great. God. Look, we sucks. talked about it. We yeah, milked, we milked that topic. We probably got as much out of that as we could. But now this is like a breath of fresh air for us. But before we go into it, let's introduce the cast. Uh, first of all, we got the light skin wonder himself. What other light skin person have we not said? Uh, hmm. uh, let's see. You guys have done uh, Albie Shore, El DeBarge, Al Jarreau. Uh, haven't done Howard Hewitt, Terrence Trent, oh, Dark B. Stop right there. Howard Hewitt in the house. Woo-hoo! We got James Howard Hewitt. What's up, brother? I'm, uh, we're going to run out of beige R&B singers. And, and you never run out. Light never. skin never dies, bro. It's, it, light skin's eternal, you know? Not in the beige verse. <laughs> in the beige exactly. verse. And oh. we also have with us the malnourished Captain America himself. Give it up for U.S. Agent Dom Charlin. This isn't This isn't what it looks like. This isn't <laughs> what it looks like. He's putting on the serum. And by the way, the A on his helmet stands for asshole. I don't know if I can get this thing off. They don't exactly make this. Oh, this oh, is going to be a few minutes. Oh, yeah. oh geez. Oh, choke himself out. Please stand and by. Guys, we actually have a special guest tonight. We have right from uh, the Sokovia himself, the man who likes to kill random Asians at doors for no reason. Give it up for Bravo. Hell Hydra. What's up, Bravo? I'm going to take this mask off because I know Jorge's going to edit me saying stuff. Uh, uh, you know what? He can Photoshop the mask right back on you. That's the thing. That's true. He's just going to keep going back to that one scene with me having it on. Yes. So, guys, let's talk about uh, this series, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, we had, we had never talked about week one, but we can tell already that uh, this whole genre is going to be different. The whole storyline is going to be heavier on the, the um, sociological uh, perspective. And uh, one thing about this is that you do definitely get a lethal weapon vibe. You get the whole uh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. You get the whole, uh, you know, buddy cop feel with this. But it's working so far. What do you guys think about this show so far? I knew it was going to happen. I knew nobody was going to answer. I wanted to, but I knew no. Bravo, you go first. You've been away. You've been away. You go first. Get in the car and say it. So I, I absolutely love every aspect that they're doing so far with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, them uh, playing off of each other's um, vulnerabilities, uh, but also acknowledging that they're both kind of damaged without admitting it because they have a connect, a mutual connection, but they don't have a connection themselves with each other. So all you get is that weird, like, banter with each other of like hey fuck you and it's ha 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 but no seriously fuck you (laughs) my biggest thing is that sam got the ultimate reality check in episode one that most people should definitely see if they haven't seen it firsthand is that beyond the fact that he was able to save the planet and do things that were basically above his pay grade in order to disappear for five years come back for that paper, no, no matter how long he'll stoop, even if you in the bend, you're still a nigga in a coop. 
Regardless of what he my man, did. My man, yo, James, you're talking to me now. Bravo and Dom can't relate to what we talked about. Look, this I is the thing. Middle, like, I don't care. He got the ultimate reality check because he realized when he got back, he was just still a plain old brother out there from Louisiana and he but, got the, he got that check he recognized early. him he was still wanting to get his picture with him like look look I'm gonna deny you this loan but come on give me that selfie they treated him you. like a novelty they treated him what? like a novelty and absolutely it's, and it's so brave of Marvel to just be like we know that this is a hot button in America right now fuck it we're gonna throw it in everyone's face because you're gonna watch a show or you're not but this is what we're gonna address because this is what the world is like right now Super every brave. single athlete I've ever worked with ever talked to and I've worked with plenty Every single one of them has a story that's like that, where they've uh, gone somewhere or they were walking the street or they went to a restaurant or they were with friends and family and somebody treated them in a very dis uh, disrespectful and racist way. And then all of a sudden they recognize them or they figured out that they worked for the NFL or that they were an athlete or something like that. And then it was exactly just how it was with the banker and the cop where it was, oh, oh, I didn't know it was you, man. Hey, can I get a photo real quick? Oh, no, can I, guys, personal testimony, that's how I've actually been pulled over before for something, for some bullshit reason. I'm not going to go into detail, but thank God the cop I knew, knew someone I knew. He was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this is ridiculous. He was like, wait. Are you Darnell? Aren't you friends with so and so? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. But she was a white girl, and he was like, "Oh, never. You're fine." Darnell, you were friends with a white girl? <laughs> no Go shit. Figure. Go figure. What world do we live in? But know what? But all that's just to say, it's real. One thing about the first episode, before we get into the second one, was uh, notice at the beginning when he gave the shield to the government, the guy was like, "You did the right thing." So as much as they're making it seem like Sam willingly gave up the shield there was a social pressure for him to give it up. You know what I mean? Because if he felt like he would be accepted, he would have taken it. But they're making it seem like um, people like on post on social media, like, why did he give up the shield? But like, you, don't, you guys don't understand. Like they were, I don't know if they asked him to do it. They didn't imply that, but they pretty much put the heat on him. It's pretty obvious that they put it out there a few times because yep. in order for them to in put that inclination out there, they for one, they did not have knowledge that he got the shield. For, what, for all that they knew, Captain America had pretty much disappeared and the shield had went along with him. The second that Sam appeared with the shield, regardless if they didn't show, show, the, show the scene or not, when the government found out he had the shield, it was like, we got to get it back off this motherfucker. Mm. And I, I if you also, pick up... Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Dom. Uh, I feel a large portion of that also has to do with, um, you know, Falcon having uh, personal issues in himself and believing that he wasn't worthy of it. And that not, that might not just come from his own stem, but it might also come from exactly what you guys are talking about, outside pressures where somebody was like, you don't really want to be Captain America or, hey, you're not quite Captain America material. But that's the great thing about America is America Americans are Americans. It's whatever you are, you're an American. So there were two indicators, I would say one before and one during the series, right? In, uh, in in Winter Soldier, when Falcon says, dude, Captain America tells you to suit up, you suit up. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way it is, you know? Like, he's a military man. He was brought up that way. Captain America showed up at his doorstep. No questions asked. In the series, after that guy, uh, we'll call him Douchebag, because I don't know his name, says, you did the right thing giving up the shield. You see Rhodey kind of go, 
You want to take a walk real quick? Because clearly it was not a safe space for him to talk about it as a military person. Right. But on a personal level, he was kind of like, are you sure this was the right thing to do? So I think, facts, you're 100% right. There was obviously conversation about it off screen saying, hey, so when are you going to hand that back to us? Right, right. And, and, and in the same context, we deal with basically Bucky going through the grieving process of almost having like uh, an, an amends list that he's going through of pretty much all the people that he killed. So he befriends that uh, that old guy, uh, Nori. Yeah. And the thing is, the you come to you come to think that okay, maybe he just has an apartment next to this guy, but come to find out later that he actually killed this man's son. But he didn't know that until he opened the door and saw his picture. Then it hit him. He was like, like "Did oh, he?" I think he knew it. He knew. He knew. It. He knew it. I went back and rewatched it a couple of times because when he, I first saw that scene, I thought it was the um, Jim Marita from the Howling Commandos, maybe he was one of the guys that was left, you know? That's what I that thought. Was my, that was what I thought. But when you watch it the second time, as he's talking about his son, it the camera does this shift where it focuses back on Bucky and plays the Winter Soldier noise right. in the background. He totally knew. He knew He knew it was him. So do you think he's befriending him to kind of make amends in his mind for what he's done? Maybe That's help him come to terms with grieving. Maybe he wants to tell him what happened, but he himself has not come to terms with that yet. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know... At the end of the day, Bucky was being mind controlled, but in some sense of capacity, he had some cognizance. Like yeah. he he wasn't completely blank on it because the, it utilized his skills and everything like that. But he wasn't in full control. Yeah, so he had, he had beer goggles. He knew that she was ugly. He just didn't know how ugly. <laughs> but he's got to come to terms of you know what he is responsible for and what he's not responsible for and what he can do to make better when instead he's just real he's just really beating himself into the ground yep. so now let me ask you guys a question too now going into week two uh, obviously this is all about the, whoever the flag smashers are and we're finding out what the flag smashers what they're really what uh, the girl come the little innocent girl and the cute girl on the truck that just went flip mode now i've seen people Already arguing on social media, like, oh, Flag Smasher in the comic was a was a white guy. Why are they make it like or like here we go? Like the ironically, the show's about color and race relations, and you already got people saying, like, oh, you know, why didn't we stick true to the comic? Like, what the do you guys have to say? Flag Smasher looked like a creative character on random. He yeah. was a terrible, terrible character. No one know everyone who talks shit about that, Narnell, I'm gonna be honest, just Googled it. They don't know shit about it. No one knows who the fuck Flag Smasher is. He's a right. pure Marvel character that means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Probably like in three comics or something like that. Yeah, well, not, he, not only is he a character that's barely mentioned and has no fanboys, let's be honest, but it's more that, you know, anything that changes about that character isn't specific to that character. Right. Magneto has to be a Holocaust survivor. Like that's what makes Magneto Magneto. Bruce Wayne's parents have to die. At the end of the day, Bruce Wayne doesn't have to be white. He doesn't have to be a guy. Like the things that people are getting so butthurt about, it's so funny because it's always people talking about like, oh, 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 but they were a white guy. And it's, but was it crude, was it really essential to that person's character or could it have just been anybody? Because if it's important that this person was Irish and they had red hair, sure, absolutely keep it. And then they kind of butchered it. No one fucking knew who Flag Smasher was. Right. Like and, they, they, and the fact that they detailed them into an organization that's pretty much uh, has the ideology that they want to live in the world where the blip, um, the, 
when the blip happened, it was actually better for the world rather than what it was after the facts. So then they come to find out when when Bucky enters that truck that they've been stealing vaccines or are they vaccines or are they the way to make more soldier serum? Maybe they feel like they they should have the world should have an equal playing field hmm. where everybody. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Where everybody is basically a, a part of this agenda where there is no super soldiers. I think this is going to be more similar to how Captain America and the Winter Soldier was where we're going to see that the good guys aren't always good and a right. little disillusionment with how things are done with the American military because I, I think we're going to start to see the difference between, hey, what's better for country or what's better overall? And just because something is done by the good guys doesn't necessarily right. mean good. that it's good. Yeah. Right. I right. think we're going to see U.S. agent be a little more homelander-esque well so now dom let me ask you because I, I know you guys are big into the comic the whole history of captain america the whole thing with the u.s agent and so give us a little background of the comic and how the show do you think it's going in that direction or how it's strange because a lot of people don't really know yeah. the so comic 100 uh, honestly if i had fax's phone number i probably would have called him after i watched that episode because i knew that you would know where, where it was going right so I, I, at some point in the at some point in the comics, Captain America became disillusioned with America because they asked him to do something that was not right. So he quits and he becomes nomad. Yeah. They recast him with John Walker, who's a vet and everything like that, and they put him through the Super Soldier program, but they have never been able to replicate it ever to the effect that they were uh, with Abraham Erskine's formula. Um, only one other time, but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> he becomes yeah. unstable and he becomes like a neo, not a neo-fascist, but he becomes more Punisher-esque. Uh, yeah. And eventually over the course of time, uh, Iron Man, I'm sorry, uh, Captain America takes the mantle back and this guy becomes US agent. And throughout comics, he's either a hero, an anti-hero or a villain, a foil for Captain America. Um, basically, um, Captain America, by if funded by Donald Trump, put it to you like that, right? Um, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. No, so, not wrong. Exactly. So in this, you see that they want you, number one, brilliant marketing, making him look different and making him look like Party City Captain America. You, they, you're supposed to not like him. You're supposed right. to be like, that's they not Chris with Evans. That. People hate him. They hate oh, him. You're supposed to. You're supposed to be like, this is wrong. We've spent the past 15 years knowing that Chris Evans is Captain America. That this break is not okay. That break between episode one and episode two, U.S. agent never said a word. All he did was appear before the screen. Again, the most hated man saw, in America. Yeah, if you saw IG and Twitter and all that other stuff after the fact of just that small little appearance of U.S. agent, people were going berserk. That like, scene, not my Captain more, America. Right. That that scene caused more chaos on the internet than the Snyder cut. And it said. made it and it made it even worse because he had a black sidekick. So it turned out to be Proud Boy John Walker and Battle Coon. Exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yo, wow. token boy. <laughs> Yo, straight straight up and down. Because you saw Bucky when he was like, hey, what's your name? He was like, Battlestar. Let me out. Let me out. I'm done. <laughs> but I think the Stop more the important car. thing to talk about in this in this reveal in episode two, so you, you get to meet U.S. Agent. You get to meet John Walker. You get to see what he's about, that he's trying to fill in for Steve, but he's not Steve. He's trying to be Captain America, but he's not Captain America. He tries to talk to them, but he just can't connect. And, he, and what did Sam say? You know, John Walker comes out of his face and says something. He goes, it's always that last sentence and walks away. You mm -hmm. know, there's just, he's so ingenuine. Right. But more importantly than any of that, we saw between WandaVision and this episode, 
how they're going to set up the next phase of what's going on for Marvel. Because when they introduced Isaiah Bradley, Woo! I fell out my chair. I almost screamed. I, know, I wanted to call back. Let me hit the pause button on you. James, tell us who Isaiah Bradley is and like how he, like when he helped the Captain no, no, America. Well, well, pretty much when Captain America went under ice, there had to be a, a way for the super soldiers uh, program to go along. So what they did was that they found Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley basically lived in uh, COVID, uh, COVID or uh, core values and everything like that to where he stood the opportunity to be the black Captain America. But it was like being the black Captain America without all the marketing and promo and all the other bullshit. You remember, you remember the first um, the first Avenger, Captain America, they showcased Steve Rogers. He was doing dance routines with fucking uh, all these girls and everything He's like that. Out Hitler. Yeah, like knocking out Hitler. He was in uh, comic books and everything like that. Isaiah Bradley was straight up a soldier. Like drop him behind enemy lines. And you heard how he talked to Bucky. He was like, I just wanted to see if your ass came to fuck back with that arm. Because no. I tore that shit the fuck off. Oh, he tore his arm off. He yeah, tore his and, arm off. And in the comics, it's based in, um, in reality, the Tuskegee Airmen were all, um, they all went through syphilis vaccine right. trials that actually killed them. Like they right. used black soldiers. It's, it's, it's it was a, based on that, yeah. It was yeah. based on that. So Isaiah Bradley's one of the five, I think, that survived it. So he went on to become Captain America in the comics, you know, in this, in this limited series in 2003. Yeah. Uh, and then they arrested him. They so put wait, him wait, wait, this is the thing. The reason that he got arrested, basically, if you if you look at Dom's screen, he has the uh, the red, black, uh, red, white and black comic book for Isaiah Bradley. For one, when they started giving him the truth serum, uh, the man couldn't even read. All right. So he had the brain capacity of a six year old. Hmm. He got sentenced to Leavenworth for 17 years because he found out that the super uh, the super soldier program not only was happening in the U.S. government, but it was also happening with Hydra. And when he found that out, that the, basically there was being profit profits uh, being sold right. time and time again between both companies, the U.S. and Hydra. This is where Hydra started to infiltrate the U.S. government. He got sent to jail. And no, he said 30 years in the MCU. Wait. It was 17 years in the comics. Is this before like or after that, yeah. he was Martian Manhunter's father? Oh, my God, Jesus. <laughs> in the animated DC universe? Stop. No, on, literally on Supergirl. Like, he's the actor that plays Martian Manhunter. Oh, see. Carl, <laughs> well, look, for one, it's a Carl Lumbly stand account. Okay, this man was Mantis back in the day. Mantis, oh, my God, he was. That's awesome. He was he, he was Mantis. We only got one season out of that. He was the voice of Martian Manhunter in the DC animated universe yep. mm -hmm. forever. And now and now this and yes, he was um, Martian Man. What, Martian Manhunter's father is that what John you John John Jones' father from the Supergirl. It, it was look, a nice little callback. Look, <laughs> Carl Lumbly is has been in all types of nerd shows and it's it's absolutely fabulous for him to be in here and the fact that they stepped to him and he threw that fucking sardine felt that. Oh, that was ball, great. you felt it oh absolutely I, I look for one i i know what is an old black guy about to beat your ass looks like so that's <laughs> <laughs> you think you're not drunk <laughs> come on motherfucker yeah you don't do now boy look, mm. he looked like he was on that henny and I was and and look and we and we yeah. got our, we got our introduction to Elijah Bradley out of that. Where as soon as that happened, Elijah was like, "Y'all need to go." But they did a good no, wait, job is this of opening only the door for the all the young Avengers. Is this, it's, bro? If you haven't seen that already, it's there because we got Isaiah Bradley, we got Speed and Wiccan, we got uh, Cassie Lang. 
got Kate with uh, uh, what's her name? Kate Bishop coming out, uh, coming out. Coming. I mean, they did, do, they did do a good job of um, they obscured his face to the screen, and they only really showed him from the side. I, I don't know that they're gonna go with his casting, that actor's casting. If they go into Young Avengers, they kind of left it open because you, yeah. I don't know if you guys know they've recast Cassie Lang already going really? forward with another actress. Well, yeah, because she was only on the screen for like five minutes. Yeah, but sense. the only other person possibly in Captain Marvel two is Hulkling. If they introduce them, that's the original squad. So that's the whole squad. If they do the Kree Scroll Wars and you introduce Hulkling, you basically got all the Young Avengers right then and there. And I yeah. think that is the most interesting thing in this episode, Facts, is that they put themselves in a position now where you can see that they are laying the groundwork for the Young Avengers yeah. as whatever that's going to be, a new movie, a new series. They literally have introduced or are planning to introduce five different characters from that original original roster of six in the next year. So. Yeah. This is exciting. This is super exciting because that story created by Jim Chung, it happened right after Avengers Disassembled about 10 years ago-ish, mm-hmm. um, where younger a younger generation steps in and takes over for the Avengers in the wake of there being no Avengers. And it's super relatable, I think, for kids now. So this is Marvel making those steps to Dom, get- Dom, you're boring Bravo, by the way. You're- <laughs> No, I'm mimicking Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> and Jorge. <laughs> but yes, I forgot about that last one on that screen. That's Iron Lad, um, which we, me and Jorge, Darnell, we've all talked about this. If Harley Keener has been has shown up in uh, Iron Man three as a little kid, and he also showed up in that funeral scene, there might be the possibility that Iron Lad could be could be introduced in that aspect. Either, I mean, it's not necessarily uh, Nathaniel Richards, but. We can go there if we can. So, so wait, let me let me ask you, let me throw this out to you, Bravo. What do you think about Marvel? This this comic book company kind of not giving a shit. Now it's not like other companies didn't try. Remember, Todd McFarlane tried to really spotlight black a black character when he did uh, Spawn, but back in the day they weren't putting the money behind it. Everybody knows the story with the movie. The studio was like, uh, main character by Michael J. White. He didn't get the budget he needed, so we got a shitty looking Malbolgia, and we pretty much didn't get the movie that we wanted. But now Marvel, with all the budget, all the money, they're really spotlighting the race thing. You know what I mean? So what do you think this does for the culture in general? You know what I mean? Do you think that now people are going to be more aware? Because you still got both sides of the spectrum. People are like, oh, why does that have to be so racial? What do you feel about them actually putting what's, this all what's out What's the there? movie that saved Marvel from bankruptcy? Black. Oh, wait, no. Bl- Blade. 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 Maybe. Blade. Blade. Uh, Marvel has always, it, like, even when they were just a comic book uh, company, Marvel has always been very, very big on inclusion and equality and all that because it's important. Like it, it's with, when you create a popular medium, you reach so much more people. And the thing is some people, and no, not trying to insult people, but some people really can't be reached by preaching to them and telling them like this is what's right because they haven't experienced the world in the way that others have but when people read comics or they're seeing it on tv they're going oh oh my god and like they'll start to internalize those lessons plus also just the representation for all the people that are like oh there's a superhero like me it's always important that's why spider-man was always like such a popular character because he could have been anyone. He was head to toe covered. Anyone. Um, Marvel has always been really good at that. And I absolutely love that they dive into it without sugarcoating it. They're not like, 
oh, ha, 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 you know what? Normally, Falcon, we wouldn't do this, but because of it's you. Like, no, that's not how our world works sometimes. It's really... They used to, didn't they? But years ago, they used to. That used to be the formula. It's sugarcoat race issues. Let's kind of avoid it. Let's put a blind eye to it. But that's changing. The other Chris Evans movie that actually really spotlighted this, and it's funny, like, it's weird because it's a comedy about, but that's what comedy does, is not another movie. movie. Yeah, it had the black character, and he was like, yeah, I'm just the token black guy. I'm here to go. That's whack. But the thing is, (laughs) that's exactly how 90s movies were at the time. It was either black exploitation or it was uh, the cool like, hip sidekicks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was. And that's why like it, it resonated so much too with the internet when they saw USA agent has battle star. Yeah. Be, because everybody in the MCU pretty much has one yeah. or has Heimdall, He's wingman. you know, Falcon with captain America, Iron Man and roadie. Everybody's got a black sidekick. Except for Black Panther, he's got a sister. And his side, well, he's got the White Wolf. Uh, no, no, wait. Uh, uh, yes. As much as times have changed, cartoons haven't. We still have cartoons where the black kids have these little boxes that no black kids wear anymore. They're like, Man, what's look, going down? Cartoons are behind the times. Absolutely. Because every artist in a cartoon that draws a black character has the same colored pencil in their hands at all times. Mm. No, There's no other shades depicted aside from that one regular shade of brown. Right. We need a a beige crayon. It's the, it's the, we need a beige crayon and stop drawing all your characters to look like Alfonso Riverio. Like cut that shit out. (laughs) No more pop locking in. Yes. Yeah. And so Dom, I see you got uh, Kang behind you. Like is all, is is all this leading to Kang or is it like, are they just going to- Loki's next baby. So So let me ask you, where's the story going? Dom, if you were a prophet, uh, and predicting in a crystal ball where the story is going to end and where, what is this setting up? So whatever the end game of this story is with Falcon Winter Soldier, I think all these small series are their own individual shows, right? And they have their own individual destinations, but they're going to lead to something bigger. We know that Ant-Man and the Wasp's next movie, Quantumania, um, with, uh, what's his name? The guy who's literally in my picture, Majors. Um, he's the guy playing Kang the Conqueror, and, that, and that's the foil in in that movie right kang yeah. is instrumental in the forming of the new event of the young avengers and he's like the villain the and i yeah. think that's the highlight i think it's going towards that they're building towards they know that we're gonna get more avengers films and it's either gonna be new avengers or young avengers it's gonna be young avengers because they knew with tom holland they had to cast a kid that was literally 16 because they needed to get 10 years of spider-man movies out of him they're gonna go with a younger generation yeah so now, isn't it weird that because like in the comics, you would think that they would start because Marvel has so many paths they can go there. They can go down the Fantastic Four path. They can go down the X-Men. Now they can go down Young Avengers. It almost seems like they're going to be hitting the Young Avengers almost before the X-Men. Or do you think, like, what do you think as far as the, the, the game plan down the line is? I, I'm, I'm kind of a little confused as to. I mean, at, at most, it, I feel like the X-Men is going to be so far down the line. Because if you did 10 years of Avengers movies and a lot of those contracts were up, you had to rebuild that team first before you even introduced the X-Men. So, and even even so, when they do introduce the X-Men, is it going to be the Avengers versus X-Men? Is it going to be basically the mutant uh, socio-political society that's built around them living on Earth and the Avengers coming to back that up? But isn't that like... 
isn't that like Pandora's X-Men? Isn't that Pandora's box? Because within the X-Men, you got stories within stories within stories. Yes. Like picture like a tree branch. So yeah, you have that with any character that's already been introduced. Yeah. Like, e even if you just wanted to go with Thor and he was like one of the first ones that was introduced, you have nine realms that he's supposed to be protecting. Yep. Like, Aside from Midgard, which was Earth. So and and, he, and even so, in Bucky's uh, amends, that list that he created, if they wanted to have a connection to the X Men, Itsu should have been on that list. Itsu happens to be Wolverine's wife that he married in Japan that got killed by the Winter Soldier while she was pregnant. Mm. So she gave birth to Dakin. It draw Wolverine out of hiding. So basically, if you wanted to connect to uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and one movie. Uh, out of this, it, it would have been the Wolverine. Yeah. The, the Wolverine that was based in Japan. Because he ended up getting married. He ended up settling down. He got away from all the bullshit, but he got brought back into the fold by who? The Winter Soldier. Exactly. Listen, Iron Man spawned 23 movies, 23 feature films with a gross budget of how many billions of dollars? Like it's the it's the greatest franchise of all time, dollar wise. So that you guys know, Dom's not actually looking on his computer. He has this written on. His I have computer. it written on my wall. Yeah, next to my Bucky uh, life size poster. Um, twenty three films, and that's just from one character branching out, right? So now we got to create the next set of branches, right? And we're transitioning from the original characters to the next set. X Men has its own set of branches, man. Yeah. They don't have to get into that right now. They, they, we have to wait for the taste to get out of our mouth about the bad franchise that we've had to deal with for the past ten years. Indeed, that was a good point. That was a good but point. No, 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 no. Uh, now, now, we're hey, resurrection. You motorboating? You motorboating, right. son of a bitch! <laughs> All right, guys. Well, look, we got many more weeks to find out where this story goes, guys. But another great show, Bucky, Dom, uh, James. Who did we call you this week? Uh, your um, um, Howard Hewitt. How are you? Yep. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Party nerds, guys. Great show. We will see you guys next week. Woo! Party nerds in the house. <laughs>